0: Another State of the Nation episode. I'm Ryan Sean Adams. I'm here with David Hoffman. This is an episode where we, this is a show rather, where we talk about what's going on in crypto. We we zoom in on one item. We relate it to some of the big picture stuff we discussed in the podcast and in the newsletter. We try to drop some insights and action items to you as well. This is streaming live right now on YouTube. This also comes out on the podcast. David, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. It's Coinbase week. It's all time high day. It's building day. There's so much to talk about, uh, which is why we actually have two guests today on today's State of the Nation, because what are we talking about then today? Yeah, yeah. So uh, some interesting projects have come out with a, a slightly different flavor to them, I would say. Um, they're, they're really cool projects in of themselves, but it's also the people behind these projects that I think is also uniquely interesting. Uh, we have uh, people who have been uh, in the actual Ethereum protocol, building the Ethereum protocol, Preston Van, uh, Van Loon and Will Villanova. Uh, hopefully I got that pronunciation right. I forgot to ask him ahead of the show. Um, <laughs> Preston Van Loon has uh, been with the Prismatic team building out ETH2. Uh, And and Will has been uh, doing R&D with uh, phase two, the sharding aspect of of Ethereum 2 in his past as well. And so the the through line here is that we have Ethereum Ethereum builders turning into app builders. Uh, And that is a unique story that we have not yet seen coming out of the Ethereum ecosystem.
0: Yeah, I think that also gives them a, a unique perspective too, David, on like both the, the protocol layer on Ethereum and also the app layer. And you know what, David, I I, I won't be able to help myself. I'm gonna, definitely going to ask some ETH2 questions at the very end of this because I just want to, like we're five months into ETH2 staking launch what what what's happening next what do they think how do they think it's gone timeline that sort of thing so we'll try to fit that in at the end david what is new in the bankless community we got to talk about bankless badge week that starts next week so next monday let's see monday the april 19th what is bankless badge week what are we doing I thought, I thought it was Bankless multiple badge weeks. I thought I thought this was yeah. So we're gonna be it's, giving it's a badge week that lasts two weeks. How's
1: that? <laughs> badge <laughs> weeks, yeah. So uh, we've been we've been uh, hammering this out in, in previous episodes, and so we finally figured out the uh, raffle giveaway agenda. First week is all about BAPS. All about BAPS. People are getting their uh, gonna get people with the Bankless badge are going to be getting. Baps, and that's what these are. Uh, and so there are only six Baps left, which means only six more people will ever get the shirt that you can you are seeing Ryan wear right now. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then that is week one, uh, and week two
0: uh, will be uh, announced soon. Yeah, we too. Um, the rumor is it the the raffle weeks is going to rain r- raffles for the next uh, two weeks, starting on the nineteenth. The rumor is the last day of the raffle. We will be raffling off one ETH, sir. Mm-hmm wonder what the price of one ETH will be at that point. Could it be 2,000? Could it be 10,000? We don't know, but one ETH is one ETH, and that's one what ETH ETH we'll is be ETH. raffling. <laughs> um, and for, for those of you who don't know, uh, the way to get a badge is you can become a Bankless subscriber, get a badge. But we're doing this raffle really because we want a lot of the people who have subscribed already and have a badge link somewhere in their email to go back through, make sure you claim your badge so you can participate in these raffles. We want everyone who is a full bankless subscriber who already has a badge link to go claim their badge. That's what badge week is all about. So go do that. This is a, a, what you're seeing on the screen. If you're viewing this in video, is how you enter the raffles when they come in. This is a, a grid plus raffle that we did previously. You just connect your your wallet to it, has to have a Poet badge in it, it could be on XDAI, could be mm-hmm. on Ethereum mainnet, and then you're entered in the raffle and it randomly picks a winner uh, every single day is, is how we're gonna be doing this. So super exciting that that is, uh, that is happening soon. Yeah. So, so just to re- reiterate, if you are already a Bankless subscriber, you can go get
1: your badge right now. You got to peruse through the, your history of your e- email inbox to go claim your badge. Uh, and then future raffles, uh, if you want access to future raffles, you can go and become a paid subscriber to Bankless and then you will get your badge on the first of the month.
0: Yep. Uh, May 1st is when we mint those. If you're looking for an email specifically, uh, search for Lucas at BanklessHQ.com. He's going to hate me, but that, that's where the email is coming from. It's all coming from Lucas. He is the the master of minting, the master of coin, maybe I should say at Bankless. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, all right. Um, what else we have? Hester Peirce, Commissioner mm-hmm. Crypto Mom. Turns out she's also DeFi Mom. We had her mm-hmm. on the the podcast uh, episode released on Monday. That's just a fantastic episode, everyone should go listen to that to figure out how regulators, at least the good ones, how they think about crypto, and more importantly, how they think about DeFi specifically. Any takeaways you want to mention from that episode, David? Yeah, uh, the biggest complaint, I think, out of the crypto space is the lack of clarity that
1: the SEC has uh, provided our industry. Uh, and I think that's something that Hester Peirce is on a mission to help solve. And I feel like that's why she's coming on to shows like ours, uh, to to help uh, explain her thoughts and her, her thinking about how things could be and what she hopes to have as a, a regulatory relationship with our industry. Um, so that was my big takeaways. is Hester's trying to make things really clear. Uh, the other takeaway I have is that she loves the Bankless
0: podcast, which is <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. Not only Hester, but apparently the SEC, members of the SEC listen to Bankless podcast on a regular basis, which I'm not sure if I should be uh, uh, excited or terrified, but I'm more excited, <laughs> especially after that conversation with, with Hester. That the, the last thing I'll say about this is it feels like 2020. 2020- one could be a time for a, um, a blank slate in crypto. Uh, Gary Gensler is the SEC commissioner. He's coming aboard as part of the new administration. So there really does seem to be a push to uh, get some things right, provide some of that clarity you were talking about, um, David. All right, I've got to start with the question I ask you at the front of every State of the Nation episode. David, what is the State of the Nation today, sir? The State of the Nation,
1: this is a good one. <laughs> pioneering. We are pioneering. So in multiple different fronts. And always, always state of the nations are always in uh, mean multiple things in multiple different ways. I can't believe oh. we haven't used this one before. Pioneering. There, so there's good. a decent chance that we have. OK, <laughs> well, it was, if we did, it was one of the early me. ones. Yeah, so <laughs> we are pioneering into the world of the NASDAQ today or in uh, this week. Uh, And so coin is getting listed on the NASDAQ tomorrow. Uh, Is that why some of the crazy price action is happening right now? Is that why ether is currently breaking through all time highs? All right,
0: what's coin for people who don't know?
1: Oh, coin is the the ticker symbol for Coinbase, which is going to be listed publicly. So that is going to happen tomorrow. That's going to cause a bunch of news. Um, the the Bankless opinion we put this out on the Market Monday uh, piece yesterday is that no matter what the valuation is on day one, coin pumps. Um, price that's go just, up. Price go up. Um, it's just it's it, perhaps the new meme stock. That's that's my predictive. Uh, statement about the future, not financial advice. Uh, But we are not only pioneering into the NASDAQ, but we are also pioneering with new DeFi apps. Um, And and this is what we are going to get Preston and Will on to talk about shortly, is that uh, Element, which is Will's project, is pioneering into the world of splitting one token into two, the principal and the yield. And then Preston's project is pioneering into the synthetic asset world of producing TCAP, which is the total crypto market cap. Um, so new DeFi apps building on top of other DeFi apps and also allowing other DeFi apps to build on them, pioneering a
0: new surface area in DeFi. Guys, you will not want to miss this upcoming brilliant conversation with these two fantastic uh, ETH2 developers who are also now developing DeFi protocols. But before we get to the conversation, we want to tell you about the sponsors that made this State of the Nation episode possible.
1: Bankless is proud to be supported by Uniswap, Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again. DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury.
0: MetaMask is your go-to wallet for the bankless journey. If you're going bankless, you need MetaMask, period. Browser and mobile, get them both. This is your tool to unlock the world of DeFi. Here's my favorite part. Now you can swap tokens directly in MetaMask with a single swipe. This has got to be the easiest way to trade Ethereum tokens. Choose a token you own, a token to exchange it with, get your quotes. If you like what you see, you hit swap. That's it. What makes swaps so useful is what happens behind the scenes. It compares DEXs, aggregators, and market makers to find you the best price with the lowest network fees and the least slippage. This means you can swap a wider range of tokens and swaps can even automatically split up your trade to give you access to better liquidity. You don't even have to think about it. Try it out. Download MetaMask for desktop or mobile now at metamask.io and start swapping.
1: All right, Bankless Nation, we are here with Preston Van Loon and Will Villanova. Uh, Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going
1: to do my best at your guys' bios, and then we're, I'm going to hand it off to you to, to help fill the gaps. But uh, Preston, you are the founder at Prismatic Labs, which is um, perhaps the most downloaded uh, ETH2 client. Uh, I think it has the most ETH staked in it, so so congratulations to that. And uh, Preston has been been working on Ethereum ever since he uh, was full-time at Google, uh, and then started working just uh, on Ethereum on the side because out of passion uh, and then I believe what happened is uh, Vitalik yolo a thousand ETH into the Prismatic treasury. And that's what really enabled you guys to go full-time uh, full-time at prismatic and then uh, will uh, you were part of the quill team at consensus doing D on the sharding side of things uh, so specifically phase two uh, and now you are working as the CEO of element finance which is what we're about to get into uh, so so Preston let's start, uh, start with you I'll give you a chance to, to correct any errors in the in the bio that I might have just made and also expand on it as well
3: no that was pretty close so uh, yeah I was working full-time at Google and I was working on ads and Ads are not very like, globally impactful, at least positive to most people. I mean, they help people find products and whatnot, but it's not what I was interested in. And I found Ethereum at the tail end of 2017, kind of when ICOs were getting big and crypto kitties and all this kind of stuff. And seeing like, wow, you know, Ethereum has a lot of potential use cases, but it's super kind of maxing out right now, kind of slow. So I wanted to get involved with the protocol layer with E2. So at the beginning of 2018, I ran into Raul Jordan online, and he and I started Prismatic Labs with uh, Terrence and Nishant, were the four founding members of Prismatic, and we just kind of booted through all of 2018. We, we got some grants during that year, but it, I think it was the YOLO grant that really signaled the confidence of the EF and of the community that if we all quit our Nice jobs that we're gonna be okay. Like we're not gonna. I mean, none of us had any ether at the time. Like we were just kind of interested. So it was a big risk, but it it really paid off. I mean, we have an amazing community, and 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 it's been really good. Um, but I still have this passion for like, how do I further increase my impact? And so uh, we started uh, Cryptex Finance um, as a as a moonlight project to. Prismatic. So I've been work, still working full time as Prismatic, but on the side working on Cryptex, trying to build a new financial product for mostly for retail investors. Like if you talk to normal people, they 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 they, they know Bitcoin and they they might know Ethereum, but they they don't really know how to invest in everything. They know there's a lot of cryptocurrencies, but they don't really know like how do I get into the whole market. So that's kind of what we're trying to solve with Cryptex and TCAP.
1: Awesome. And yeah, we are going to get into each uh, the details of each of your guys' projects in just a sec, but uh, will uh, maybe you explain a little bit about yourself and your and your background as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so similar to Preston, actually, I was also in the ad space and, uh, you know, saw that it wasn't, you know, moving towards the greater good. Um, and then on the tail end of 2017, um, you know, hopped into the space. i had been following it for a while. Um, and built the bounties network at the time Uh, built that from from the ground up Um, we did uh, some of the contracts that gitcoin uses as well so we were pretty uh, pretty close to the gitcoin team Um, and then sort of after that i was you know making a decision whether to um, i kind of had two two routes that i was going to go i was very very passionate um, about the uh, Burgeoning DeFi space, and uh, at the time, you know, I had a friendship with Fernando, um, who, you know, is the CEO at Balancer, um, and actually almost joined Balancer as the CTO there, um, but ended up instead, um, you know, at the time, uh, Joe Lubin uh, had, you know, asked if, you know, I could dive into some of the research on ETH2, um, you know, help, help look into some of the areas. Um, And so I ended up doing that and you know I was I was really excited about that helping helping scale things uh, diving in a bit deeper working working closely with uh, the ETH2 research team and you know a lot of a lot of bright minds there. Um, So I did that did that for a while, Um, you know we we did a lot of uh, you know research and, and development on you know what what do shards look like in the future, how do we generalize them, how do we bring wasm onto them, you know how do we make it so. Um, you know, ETH two in, in the long term can serve many different uh, types of blockchains and and uh, many different structures that can grow on that. Um, and so we we explored a lot there, which is which is really solid. And then also ended up um, uh, working on some uh, some research on ETH one um, and actually uh, you know put put forward an EIP twenty nine thirty eight on account abstraction, which brought some of the research we had done on ETH two into sort of the stateless world and some of the generalization we want to bring into ETH1. Um, and we, you know, put together a implementation in uh, the Go Ethereum client um, and did did a bunch of simulations on that and saw how that could, you know, improve some of the execution uh, currently uh, on Ethereum uh, as well. And that was part of, you know, all of that was a part of a team quilt that I had started um, and had grown to just, you know, work and, and further develop and, uh, research things uh, in the space, and so Quilt, Quilt is still moving forward strongly. Um, and about six months ago, I had you know been really excited about some of the developments in the DeFi space. Um, kind of going back to some of my roots, um, and you know almost uh, joining and building Balancer. Uh, you know a few years ago, um, kind of re recentered around that, and so uh, that's what's what has brought me here with Element, and yeah.
1: Very cool, very cool. So like we alluded to at the beginning, the reason why we have both of you guys on here is that you guys are both building cool new DeFi apps with a unique perspective of coming from the Ethereum side of things. And so that's where we want to end up with the conversation is like, how has your guys' experience building Ethereum translated into uh, skills building DeFi apps? Uh, And then also, why have specifically you guys chosen to build on the app layer now instead of a year ago or perhaps a year from now? Like why, why now? Uh, And then also perhaps some conversations about what's uh, surprised you about the trajectory of Ethereum, both at the protocol layer and at the app layer. But first, we want to start with the actual details of your guys' projects. Uh, And so uh, Will's project, Element, got announced first. So we're going to start with Element. Uh, And so uh, Will, can you kind of give us the the bird's eye view, bird's eye pitch of of Element? And then we can go in
2: from there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the Element Protocol, basically, you know, for for the casual user, average uh, user, uh, they can come to uh, to the protocol and they can purchase uh, Bitcoin, ETH, DAI, or USDC, and they get it at a discount. Um, and essentially, that you know, that can be translated into um, securing a fixed rate of income on that purchase. So, uh, if you're looking at ten percent fixed rate APR on ETH. Um, and you're looking at over a year period, then you can secure um, 11 ETH that can be redeemed a year from now. And so we make that process really simple. We make it really, really easy, um, and we let those users, you know, in reality avoid a lot of the issues around variable APR, um, gas issues, having to manage their funds, um, which is which is really cool. Um, on the as far as like how how it works behind the scenes, um, we essentially uh, Take uh, positions that you know current DeFi users are already staking in, uh, specifically in Yearn, um, and we split that into two new tokens. So we're able to represent the yield that's gained in one token, and then the principal. And essentially, for users who are already staking, they're given further avenues of revenue. So they can go ahead and uh, take those two tokens. They can provide liquidity on an AMM, and they can actually get you know higher APY off that. Um, but also what it allows them to do it is, is it allows them essentially to sell their principal um, and give them a bit more capital uh, capital efficiency. They can sell their principal and they can gain uh, more liquidity to get uh, exposure to more and more interest. And essentially when they're selling their principal, they're selling their principal as a fixed, uh, a fixed rate of uh, income. And so that's for the casual user. Basically, it's subsidized by these more active users who are actively using their funds um, and selling their principal as, as fixed rate income. So it's sort of like the circle of the, the two sides of the market and how they how they benefit each other.
0: So Will, can, can we talk about like fixed rate income just in general? Like, so in the, in the old world, um, how does fixed rate income work? Are these like, I go to my bank account and I know that interest rates are crappy. I know you're gonna tell me that, but like I go to my bank account, I have some money and I go and I buy CDs right? Are, are like CDs in a bank account, are these fixed rate income? Maybe you could talk about what this is in, in, the, in the old world and how this translates into crypto.
2: Yeah, typically when you look at a CD or you look at a savings account um, that, that you're evaluating, you're given, you know, a rate that uh, that is fixed. And so, um, you know, it's, for example, on a savings account right now, uh, I think the best that you can find is maybe, you know, half a percent uh, APY, which is, you uh, you know, nothing in comparison to what we're seeing in the uh, in the De- DeFi space right now so people in DeFi on variable API positions are seen anywhere from, you know, 10 to 50%. Um, it can even be, you know, higher in some cases. And so, um, essentially, you know, for the users in the traditional finance space who, you know, sort of are accustomed to at least being told like this is what we can guarantee and this is what you'll get. Um, You know, the element protocol offers the same thing. uh, But those rates are going to be, you know, significantly higher than what you see um, in traditional finance. Um, And uh, the the other thing that you could sort of compare, um, you know, deeply when you you look uh, at the traditional finance space is um, also this is somewhat akin to uh, a whole space of, um, you know, zero coupon bonds. This is where you, you know, you essentially get an asset at a discount. Um, but you uh, you basically commit to it being locked until um, until a final date, and because it, that asset is locked, that's that's essentially what introduces that that discount. You have an opportunity lost um, instead of using those funds, depositing and getting APY. Um, you know the the fact that it's locked means you can't do that, and for that opportunity cost, um, that's why it's it's sold um, essentially you know at, at a discount. Um,
0: so this is like a, a CD for um, crypto assets, basically, and specifically like the, the mo- crypto monetary assets, which we'd call like Bitcoin, ETH and uh, USDC. So if I'm bullish on ETH and I want it to generate yield, I I can park it into, this, this, um, into your system, basically into Element. And then I have to hold it there for a period of time, right? Uh, and then at the end of that period of time, I've received my yield, is this kind of how it works? Or am I paid the yield continuously uh, yeah. as time goes by?
2: Yeah, so the, the way it works is essentially, um, technically, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, you sort of go and you, you bring your ETH, um, you trade your ETH for the locked ETH essentially. And that may be locked, let's say for three months, six months, um, but you get it at a discount that then gets redeemed for a larger amount at the, uh, at the end of that period. However, um, sort of what's what's really innovative you know, about, about what we're doing um, is we've you know, put a lot of effort and, and research into making sure that market is liquid. Um, and so what, what that means, we're actually you know, doing a custom trading curve where a launch partner with Balancer V2 as well. So we actually built, um, built a, a, a invariant, it's the uh, constant um, power sum invariant, um, an iteration of some of the work that Yield Space has done, um, and so we we're you know launching that, and it's you know been audited on Balancer V2, um, and so it enables liquidity for these assets. And so what that means is, even though technically you know you have three months that you know you have to be locked into this, or six months, you can actually exit at any time. So uh, you could go through. Let's say you're on a six month term, you could go through. Uh, halfway at the three month mark and decide that you, you know, you actually want liquidity again. Um, And then at that point you can, you can sell it, um, you know, with this, with this uh, custom curve. Um, And then you'll have gained uh, the interest uh, along the way as well.
0: This is not something you can do in like traditional consumer level, you know, CDs that you might get in your, your bank account, right? They're really locked in. I I've never seen a way to like, you know, trade these on the secondary market.
2: That- yeah yeah no that's correct and that's what's so cool about this is um we sort of you know and this this is what i love about the DeFi space space it sort of opens up all these new avenues of innovation and all these new primitives that you know I, I think a lot of them haven't even been explored fully in the traditional finance world and just due to the you know nature of amms um the fact that you know like in balancer v2 you can, uh, you can write custom trading curves, um, which, is, which is really, really cool. I have a lot of good things to say about uh, Balancer V2, so a huge shout out to them. Um, but it just opens up so many, so many cool things. And so something that you, know, you would have originally thought you would have been locked in, exactly, uh, you now have liquidity around being able to exit any time. And so there's no real commitment towards that locking period, which is, which is beautiful.
1: So, Will, I'm interested in, uh, so it, this, if, if I'm bullish on a particular asset, this allows me to express my bullishness by committing to a lockup period. Uh, and then because I'm committing to that lockup period, I get to uh, access that, that uh, asset that I'm bullish on at a discount. And if I'm bullish on an asset, what would I like more other than the asset that I want offered to me at a discounted rate. Uh, and, and of course the measure, the magnitude of that discount is probably correlative to how much yield is, is that asset can bear. But the cool thing about uh, finance is that this separates, this allows uh, two groups of people to separate from each other. People who want to purchase an asset at, at a discount. And that's uh, and that's one half of element uh, go into details on the other half. Was who's, uh, is there some other half of this equation where people are getting extra yield on this? Where's the other half of this equation uh, fall in?
2: Yeah, yeah. So this this is what's really cool, and this is um, this is what I you know I, I love about um, you know about the product in general is we're sort of you know we we've done a lot of research and ideation and shared a lot of what these like market effects you know will be or what we think they'll be. Um, and so we're sort of letting the market push this forward and so what our general hypothesis is and we write about this a lot and we've you know dove into it. Is essentially for the other side we're talking more of the sophisticated DeFi user right, these are the DeFi users that are depositing into a urine vault and maybe shifting their assets over time taking bets on different positions. Um, and uh, you know it might not just be urine, it might be, you know, a number of different uh, protocols that they're jumping into. And so what we do is uh, they sort of feel the market. Um, And so we say that, you know, it's the sophisticated users who are subsidizing uh, the discounts of the casual user and the casual users subsidizing the strategies of the sophisticated user. And so if I'm, you know, the sophisticated DeFi user and I am depositing into, let's say the uh, yearn ETH vault and the STETH vault um, is, you know, basically, uh, investing in the eth2 uh, staking position, right? And so um, let's say I'm you know in investing in that anyways, um, then uh, with the with the element protocol, um, what I can essentially do is I'm still investing in that position, uh, but I get a little extra. So um, I now uh, kind of split I split that position that I'm in um, into the principal and the interest. And so this this lets me do a number of cool things. Um, one, uh, I could you know, stake both those tokens and get a bunch of extra trading fees and we've simulated that. You could you know, boost your APY significantly creating this market, um, but, but additionally, it gives me other like ways of escape, right? So um, I, for example, um, if I want to shift funds around but I still wanna keep exposure to interest, I can sell my principal, I have new liquidity, I still have exposure to that interest um, on that position, and now I can use that liquidity for um, to put into any other position in the space. And uh, and so, however, we've we've dove into this concept called yield token compounding. And so this is this is the idea where you uh, you sell your liquidity, um, your principal, um, and in general, you know, variable rate will always be higher or should always be higher than fixed rate. Um, sort of how markets you know gen- generally work. And so um, I can go ahead, because there's that split, I can go ahead and I can sell uh, my principal. and I'm getting a higher rate of interest on the variable interest that I'm betting on. And so when I when I sell my principal, um, I'm selling that at uh, less less of a discount and uh, I get that liquidity and then I can redeposit into that position um and i can basically increase my exposure to the interest. And i can do this multiple times. So i redeposit, i collect these yield tokens, i'm getting more and more exposure to the interest. I sell the principal, get liquidity again, redeposit, sell the principal, right. get liquidity again. It's recursive, again. right? Yeah, yeah, it's recursive. And i can do this like 10 times, do this more. And essentially it's another way of leverage. So i could have started off with 10 eth um and uh assuming the variable position is going for 20% and fixed rate is going for 10%, um, you know, I can essentially get exposure to 63 ETH worth of interest. interest. Yeah, yeah. And if you're doing this with, you know, there's really other cool things. Like if you're doing this with flash loans, as an example, you don't even have to put through the full capital. And this is where you can essentially get, you know, 10X uh, leverage um, on these these positions um, and on the interest. Um, by by you know sort of selling your principal and doubling down on on the yield and your exposure to the yield.
0: So will we talk about money legos so so often on Bankless because that's kind of a great mental analogy for like what we're actually building here, right? So I'm going to ask the question of like you mentioned some other money legos. What uh, money legos does Element build on top of? Like you mentioned, Yearn is that kind of the strategy piece? Are there other pieces involved? And then a follow like a, a second question of that is, this seems to be built on money Legos, but is its own money Lego? It's kind of a new DeFi primitive. So any thoughts on what could be built on top of it? Let's first take the, the first question of what money Legos needed to be here for you to build Element?
2: Yeah, so uh, Yearn, Yearn is a huge one. Um, and then, right, Yearn is built on the number of Legos too so if you look at like what what sort of you know turns the DeFi DeFi world uh, around um a lot of that is you know Curve behind the scenes and so a lot of you know the apy and uh, interest that urine is getting uh comes from curve um and and specifically also um you know for example the eth position where we're you know likely supporting within urine um is also into STETH, which um in general um, is a uh, ETH2 staking protocol, um, a tokenized ETH2 staking protocol. And so, um, yeah, there's there's all these like Legos and it sort of depends on the vault. Uh, certain vaults have uh, different dependencies. And so we'll kind of finalize which vaults we're gonna support out the gate um, right, right before our launch. Um, but uh, but yeah, th- those would be some of the some of the core core pieces. So guys,
0: the the yield is coming from places like ETH2 staking. That is a source of yield. Another source of yield is, is Curve, and that's an exchange uh, platform for stablecoins that also has a token, which is kind of like a an. An equity token, if you will, a capital asset that rewards users, and then urine, YRN, Wi-Fi. We've we've had um, Wi-Fi on the on the podcast previously. It, that acts as kind of like a strategy layer where these all these automated uh, like money robots optimize for the best strategy, and that's what you're using under the covers here. Um, now that you have this new Money Lego element, essentially, what what cool things do you think can be built on top of it?
2: yeah there's there's a lot actually um that we're that we're super excited about and we're actually really excited for ideation from the community um you know we're gonna be a, a community uh first protocol and we uh want the community really really run it um but in in general um so there are a few things uh, i'll mention some of the ones that i'm really excited about um so just first of all introducing fixed rate to the market that has liquidity around it is is a beautiful thing in and of itself and so um, there's a lot of directions that that can be taken uh, into. Um, one thing that I'm particularly excited about is this concept called yield um, yield ladders. And so essentially what this is, is you can get a, uh, a AMM uh, that essentially gives you exposure um, on a uh, basically continuous rolling basis uh, to uh, categories of, uh, of yield essentially. And so, for example, you could have um, these yield tokens, um, and you could have categories that are like uh, ETH two or validator positions, right? They might be like ETH two or layer two valid- tokenized validator positions. And because we have these, you know, lockups and these these times, um, you can essentially buy exposure to that whole category as a whole, um, and uh, and it sort of averages out the interest as as it goes along. You could do the same thing with the. Um, with the principal tokens and the fixed rate interest as well, um, where you could get exposure to the highest rate, you know, fixed rate uh, interest, and um, and you don't have to worry about lockup periods, you don't have to worry about redemptions. Uh, you sort of have this pool that is sort of always buying uh, new fixed rate uh, tokens and then selling uh, the ones as they come to maturity, and sort of automates that process. So you basically get this like this um, consistent exposure and. Uh, you don't you don't have to worry about too much, and so there's that. Um, a number of the other things that I'm particularly interested in is using uh, using these principal tokens um, as collateral for lending um, is really fascinating as well. And so this sort of like if you think about it, you know you can take out loans for ETH, um, you know by staking uh, locked ETH essentially. And this this opens up a whole new market around, um, or a strong market around borrowing ETH and borrowing Bitcoin. And that market hasn't really taken off. Um, And this this protocol in essence uh, creates that demand, uh, which is fascinating. And so uh, we'd really like to see in in the coming coming months um, a strong uh, demand for borrowing uh, Bitcoin and borrowing ETH through the protocol.
1: Well, guys, if you want to get more into Element, there is a massive, uh, an awesome, awesome uh, documentation at element. Uh, uh One thing I, I've learned about Will is that his uh, documentation skills are excellent. Uh, and so, if you want to learn more, you can uh, check out uh, that. Um, but let's go ahead and turn to uh, Preston and Cryptex. Uh, Cryptex is a, a new synthetic asset uh, protocol, specifically going after total uh, total crypto market cap. Uh, Preston, you want to explain uh, Cryptex to us?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So Cryptex is it's an open organization, so it's it's um, we've kind of built this for the community um, to be run by the community, but the basic. Well, the first token that's uh, been created is a synthetic asset that's backed by different types of collateral, uh, where it has over collateralized the value to create TCAP. So you can be insured that uh, Cryptex or the Cryptex org is not, you know, they're not just printing money, um, they're actually backing it by something. Uh, it, it kind of borrows from the CDP idea from MakerDAO, so the collateralized debt position. And with this, we're able to use uh, an Oracle price feed where TCAP can always be redeemed for the true price, which we just saw above $210. Um, And this value is really the total market cap of all cryptocurrencies traded on major exchanges. And that's currently $2.2 trillion, which is crazy. I mean, when we started thinking about this idea, it was about $30 for TCAP. And you know, I wish we could have launched it two years ago and and given this product out then, and it could have been you know something where you're getting huge gains on. But the potential here is is huge because it doesn't stop just at TCAP. With the same kind of model, uh, we can really apply to any kind of oracleized data using the same CDP model that we have.
0: What's the collateral in this case, Preston?
3: Yeah, at the moment we have uh, ETH back to collateral. So it's very similar to MakerDAO where you have a vault, deposit the collateral, and then you can draw out a certain amount of TCAP. So we have ETH as one, and then DAI as the other one. Um, and then of course, it's pretty flexible. So any ERC20 could could be a vault if it's if it's accepted by the protocol. So um, the potential for other types of tokens or, or um, backing vaults is, is uh, open. Um, once the uh, like the, you know, the DAO fully operational.
1: So uh, here's a, a quick lesson for, for uh, new uh, Bankless listeners: is that Dai is actually just a synthetic asset and it's priced by an oracle. Uh, And so what what Cryptex seems to be is exactly what Preston said, a pretty similar system as MakerDAO. And so, but instead of uh, collateralizing, just uh, collateralizing all the collateral that MakerDAO lets you collateralize, you put in ether or DAI, and then you mint this new token. And this new token is priced by a price feed from Chainlink. uh, And this price feed comes in at uh, the total crypto market cap. And so this is something that the the market has always wanted because no one's really been able to produce something that tracks the total value of the entire crypto industry, at least all of our crypto assets, except that's what this is going after. Um, and so uh, uh, Preston, where do you, where does uh, Chainlink get the uh, price feed for TCAP? Where does all of that information come from?
3: Yeah. So there are, there are five, data sources they get it from. I'm going to try to name as many of them as I can. Um but it's things like uh CoinMarketCap uh shoot, I'm not going to be able to name Coin, coin
1: Gecko I know is one. Yep,
3: CoinGecko. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I mean it's 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 if it's a currency tracked on one of these major sites or major exchanges even, then it's eligible for uh consideration in the total total market capitalization. So there's a little bit of vetting there, at least at least that's the intention is that I can't go create uh, my own like uh, stable coin and give it an insane market, a $5 trillion market cap. It's not gonna influence TCAP because it has to have some credibility to it. So uh, with the the data sources that are coming through Chainlink, there is the vetting process for those. This is so kind this, of, this kind of go goes ahead.
0: back to a recipe that, that we talk about so often, David, which is like on Bankless, which is like, you take, you take a money Lego store of value, which in this case is ETH and DAI, and then plus an Oracle, a price feed Oracle, and you can create basically any synthetic that you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have store of value, money Legos, Oracle, money Lego, and then on the other side of that, you get any synthetic. And in this case, you're, you're creating a synthetic, an index for the total um, market cap of crypto. And if if I'm just a casual user, then Preston, right? I I don't have to know the mechanics necessarily of how this works, although I might want to understand them for like to understand what the dependencies are and what I'm really trusting in the system. But I can just buy a TCap as an erc twenty, and then I have exposure to the entire crypto index, and I don't have to make a bet on whether you know Bitcoin or ETH is going higher on in a certain day, or whether you know Binance is having its uh, its pump, its temporary <laughs> pump or not. I don't have to make any of those bets. I just get the entire market, right?
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you'll get exposure to things that are very volatile. So like, for example, Ripple's been having issues with SEC uh, lawsuits. So they were sued, the price dropped significantly, then the lawsuit's making progress. So the price goes back up. I would probably never invest in Ripple, but like to have some exposure to, to good news is excellent. And I think that this is something that a lot of retail investors who who don't even want to take the time to understand how those types of protocols work. They just see that this type of innovations that are out in cryptocurrency world have value and could be going up in value as it gains more mainstream adoption. Of course, they could pick the big contenders like Bitcoin and ETH, and you, you probably should do that. I mean, not financial advice, but, but for all the other things, TCAP can solve that problem of what should I invest in? Maybe I should invest in everything. So
1: so Preston, what are the uh, parameters for producing TCAP? I know uh, at Genesis, uh, when MakerDAO first launched, you needed to lock up 150% of ether. uh, And then you could mint uh, up to a certain amount of dye. Could you go into the details of uh, the parameters around uh, the system?
3: Yeah, sure. So the, the minimum collateralization is 200%. So we need double the collateral. That the user interface will recommend to you that you should do 250%, just as like a safe maximum. And this value can be lowered at a later date. It does seem a little bit high, but um, in order to get the product out there and to stabilize it and to, to move quickly and to keep it safe, we, we aim for a higher than than 150% model. Um, and then we can of course revisit it if 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 we do some analysis and and say, well, 200% is too high. We could do it with hundred percent, especially since um, some of the vaults really move in tandem with the price of TCAP. So ETH, for example, doesn't move um, much compared to TCAP, but DAI might move a lot more compared to TCAP because it's pegged to the dollar and, and not really moving a whole lot. So uh, maybe at a, at a later date, some vaults have a higher collateralization ratio than others but we started at 200% just to be safe.
1: Right, and this is uniquely different from MakerDAO where the ether collateral uh, is, uh, it's the collateral against a stable asset, but this this is not printing a stable asset. This is supposed to have an asset that ideally goes up in price. Uh, And so having DAI as the collateral for something that uh, owes, that where you owe something that could go up and owe uh twice as much in the future that could that could get into some
3: hairy circumstances yep yeah so you can think of it as kind of the opposite of the maker down model where if i put in eth and draw uh, and draw out die i'm kind of probably going to buy more eth so i'm 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 long yeah. on on that uh well with- your short die long short die long the collateral yes so in this model. It could be the opposite if you're short on the whole market i mean we're at the we're in a bull market bull markets don't last forever maybe you're going to be one of the people who can pick the top and say i'm going to draw out a bunch of tcap and sell it for die uh, with my die back vault and then go back and pay back later when it's a lot cheaper i mean that's that's one opportunity for vault owners the other one is that um keeping the price in the secondary market stable so hmm. Uh, the Oracle and Cryptex um, core contracts have no control over what it trades on Uniswap or Sushi Swap or any anything like that. But we do have a place where you can redeem this token for the for its true price based on the Oracle. So, if tCap's trading too high, you can mint some tCap and then sell it on the secondary market. Um, once it stabilizes, buy it again, pay back your debt, and then same with the opposites. If it's trading too low, it's a good time to buy and pay back your debt at a discount.
1: So the opportunity here to me is that uh, uh, not only could there be TCAP, but there's also this governance token, which could in theory govern over further um, further synthetic assets, which makes uh, Cryptex uh, in the same sort of uh, boat as perhaps synthetics, which is a, a synthetic asset platform. Uh, what would you say would be the long-term uh, vision of Cryptex? Uh, are you guys just gonna pump out a bunch of uh, synthetic assets? Like what's the, what's the deal?
3: Possibly, I mean, we we have a lot of ideas for for new innovations that we that aren't out there, and our founder Justico is um, more of a, a finance guy, Wall Street guy, and he kind of interacts with um, a lot of type of the retail investors and users of this type of protocol. So he really understands what they want, and we have a few ideas we want to work on. Um, it's it's pretty interesting to me, being as a developer, not much of a finance person, to hear some of the crazy things that that people might want to um, almost it's almost kind of like gambling, I guess, in the market. But there are some like synthetic products that you can come come up with that are specific to the cryptocurrency world um, that just don't exist yet. So we have a lot of interesting ideas and and potential uh, future synthetic assets to come out.
1: So I'm trying to get my my mind mapped around how to compare Cryptex versus MakerDAO and synthetics. And uh, with MakerDAO, it's very different in this uh, with the sense that like the uh, the price feed oracle is not Dai or is not the dollar. It's it's TCap, and it's also very different from synthetics in the sense that the collateral is not the native token of the system. It's other assets. Between those two differences, is that basically the the main differences between um, other protocols, or is there other aspects that are different that are worth highlighting as well?
3: I'd say so. I'd say that captures it pretty well.
0: Okay, fantastic. <laughs> you know, what's interesting here is like, I've been uh, surprised that um, MakerDAO actually didn't go down the the synthetics route, but mm-hmm. they've they've seemed pretty laser focused on DAI um, all of this time. So it's it's cool territory that you, that you guys are covering. And we say this so often, David, that any experiment that can be tried on DeFi and on Ethereum will be tried. And so this is a, a new experiment. Really excited uh, about what you're building too, Preston. So- we want to pause for sponsors but when we get back we are going to dive into this trajectory of how you guys have come from kind of an eth to you know almost a core developer type of role core researcher type of role to move to the app layer we're going to talk about all of that uh, when we get back but we want to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible uh, and here they are
1: Synthetix is Ethereum's Decentralized Derivatives Liquidity Protocol. What does that mean? Synthetix is a platform for creating and trading synthetic assets, which are assets that are priced via an oracle rather than bids or asks. Traders can use the Quenta Exchange, which hosts and trades all of the synthetic assets created by Synthetix. Traders on Quenta can trade synthetic tokens like SBTC, oil or SDFI. Because Quenta is powered by Synthetics, traders experience zero slippage on their trades. No, I didn't mean low slippage, I meant no slippage, because that is the power of the Synthetics platform, no slippage on your trades. You can also easily short assets with iSynths, which are synthetic assets that move inversely to their target asset. Synthetics isn't just for traders, developers can build on Synthetics to access the the infinite liquidity offered by synthetic assets or investors can stake collateral to the protocol and earn fees that the protocol collects if you're a trader and you're looking for a trading platform and not found in the legacy world check out quenta.io if you're a developer or you just want to earn yield on your collateral go to www.synthetics.io where you can stake your snx or eth and earn fees from synthetics Gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. I've been a customer of Gemini since I first got into crypto in 2017, and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells. Gemini is available in all 50 states and in over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens, and it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid DAI markets. Gemini just launched their Earn program where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi, or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. When I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash go bankless. And if you trade more than hundred dollars within the first 30 days after sign up, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash go bankless. All right, Bankless Nation, we are back with Will and Preston in the second half of this show where we are going to go into topics around what it's like to both be working on Ethereum and also in the Ethereum app layer. And so Preston, I I want to start with you. Uh, You're you're in the code for ETH2. Like, Not only are you working on Cryptex, but you are also still highly engaged with uh, Prismatic Uh, and you've been with Prismatic for, for multiple years now. Uh, what's it like to uh, build on both sides of the spectrum, and how has the skills that you've developed with building in Ethereum translated into building in DeFi? And perhaps, what are the other benefits as well? Is just, do you know? Do you have more connections, more people, more knowledge? Where what's it what's it like to be on on both sides of the the protocol and the app layer?
3: Yeah. So it, with with Prismatic Labs, I mean, we're we're trying to make Ethereum a thing for everyone. Right. So make it scale, make it easy to use, make it fast, make it cheap. Um, and, and part of that is understanding with part of, part of building everything is like, who are your users and what do they do? Right. So that's our users of, of Prismatic are, first of all, the stakers of, of ETH2. And then secondly, people building on the application layer. So over the last three years, I've been studying, you know, DeFi protocols and how these things work, and how people are thinking about uh, finance, and um, and and what kind of impact that I can have personally, and that Prismatic can have in general as uh, as a core protocol team. Um, and I saw that, um, you know, there's there's still these fundamental issues with the the protocol layer, like I being a core protocol developer and not really interacting with the blockchain you can kind of hear oh yeah gas is high but you don't really feel it unless you're actually deploying contracts like Mm -hmm. i've interacted with you know whatever decks to do some swaps but it wasn't until uh last week we deployed tcap and i we were paying for these contract deployments and it was we spent like three ether to deploy a handful of contracts. And I'm like, this is, this sucks. Right. So I see why people are complaining and, and it just brings, you know, more motivation to back to improving the protocol itself. Um, We've also made a lot of friends along the way in the last three years, you know, we, we have been pretty lucky that the community supported us and that, um, you know, we've, we've done a great job The Prismatic team is one of the best teams out there. They've done an amazing job bringing, prism to light and helping ship e2 uh, of course we're not the only e2 client provider there are many out there and they're all excellent um but just you know the community has been really great to us and and we've been able to get feet as when building tcap i was able to get feedback from a few select people uh especially to validate the idea like is it cool is it crazy will it work what do you think um so it's been interesting yeah
0: which is harder, Preston, building a DeFi app or building an ETH2 client?
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're both terrifying. You know, there's, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> there is like eight billion dollars running through ETH2, something like that, and Prismatic is a, a very large percentage of that. Uh, so that's terrifying uh, to see people. Um, committing their money in vaults to mint tcap is also terrifying just because you know this is something that we built and if it if it doesn't work how it's supposed to work um it's just not going to be great and that's just something that that i never want to happen like everything's got to be excellent so uh, i think the years with prismatic have really prepared me for this is that we have to think about every single type of scenario that could possibly be out there even ones that are ridiculous that don't really profit the the person initiating these types of attacks but that they would do anyway just just for the for the walls so just yeah like just speak just to wreck it you know so just to cause chaos so i think that adversarial thinking and more security-minded focus has become you know really it's really valuable to a DeFi developer and and especially at a protocol layer it's you have to do it right at a protocol layer
1: Will, what about you, your experience uh, doing R&D on the, uh, on the sharding side of things and, and working at Consensus. How would you say that that's impacted uh, the development of Element?
2: Yeah, so in general, actually, Johnny and I both came from, uh, both did ETH2 uh, research. Johnny actually had built the uh, initial Teku client um, as well. And, uh, you know, we all went to interop together. Um, you know, it's all Preston there. Um, I think me and Preston, we, we have some good... You know some other stories that we can share at some point in the call, um, but in in general, Johnny Johnny and I both you know really take a um, an approach that we like to simulate. We like to be well researched. Um, you know, we it's it's really important to us that we dive into mechanism mechanism design. Um, you know, and understand these are the vulnerabilities. These these are sort of the parameters that tweak the system to move you know in this direction, which can cause some. Um, some misbalance, um, and this actually isn't isn't that different than uh, what you need to do in the mechanism design for um, figuring out how how does the shard work, right? Um, you sort of change and tweak this parameter, um, then over here it affects it affects something, right? And um, and so uh, even even in building uh, DeFi applications, you have those the same challenges. Um, some of the other other really cool things um, is it you know have. A, building you know we're building an application while having a really strong understanding of the actual core protocol and that means you know when we start thinking about uh things such as uh you know scaling moving to layer two other mechanism designs we have a much uh, much deeper context and understanding of that and so that that's uh that's super helpful as well um and so um i would say those would those would be a few things and then um, also just like all all the people we've you know run into uh you know like press and saying as well along the way um so you know uh in general um it's it's been good to uh to you know both uh, work with you know with a lot of people at the protocol layer who have been very very thoughtful in what they're doing and um we you know in general have a, a pretty strong confidence in the future of eth and uh where eth2 is going at this point having been you know, involved in that and uh, knowing the teams that are working on that Um, and so I think that you know that sort of gives us um, a really positive trajectory and you know in general we um, we uh, as we you know build uh, element protocol and um, you know we put grants out for the community and different things like that um, one of the things that we want to support is core protocol development Um, And we want to make uh, you know make a specific effort to do that and we're hoping that you know other um, other protocols do that as well. Um, And uh, that's that's in general, you know, really important important to us in the process too, because that's sort of that's sort of what like gives um, makes everything run and everything work.
1: So I wanted to get into the question of of why now, and uh, not only are are both of you guys uh, working on ETH two or or Will in your case was previously working researching on ETH two, but uh, with Element, you guys have uh, Danny Ryan as an advisor, and uh, with Cryptex, you guys have uh, many other Ethereum builders on on the team. So it's not just you guys. Um, there's other ethereum builders uh involved with both of your guys's projects and you know why it it was interesting to both me and ryan and and why we guys are why why we're having you guys on the show is that these projects came out roughly around the same time you know give or take a couple days of the of the announcement um why why now uh why not why not DeFi summer or why not a year from now uh like what what's what about the app layer is telling you guys that uh you uh, the, the ethereum app layer is ready for you guys to start moving in and start building there
2: uh, yeah, and Will, let's start with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I've I've been like really excited about DeFi um, and what was burgeoning and developing there for a while. Um, and so, uh, in in general, some of the research we were working on, some of the prototypes that that we had done, um, was coming to uh, coming to a wrap um, about six months ago, and that's that's when I uh, started building uh, Element and getting the team together. And about six months ago, I was sort of looking at the space and seeing the sort of explosion of innovation that was happening, um, and the uh, you know the Lego pieces really beginning to stack in a way that we hadn't seen previously. Um, and you know, from my perspective, that's that's sort of the time to to build, right? You you want to put you know you want to put more foundational elements more um you know key uh pieces that can be built upon um because this is sort of the foundation building period um and so uh that's that's you know what i saw um talk to johnny about it and he also was like really excited about this and uh what was what was happening and so we figured this is the right time to jump in and and build this
1: and preston same question to you
3: yeah for, for me um you know, when I was working at Google, I had to, I put in my my 40 hours to, you know, keep the lights on. Right. And then I would work another 20 to 30, sometimes even more uh, on prismatic. And then when I left Google, I was just spending all that time on prismatic doing, you know, insane hours of weeks, like even, you know, even at uh, socializing events, you you might find us on our laptop. Um, we'll seen us there, right at at uh, East New York. We were on our laptop, right? <laughs>
2: oh, so yeah, yeah. So uh, oh, is this the story? I, yeah, no. This is like one of one of one of a few, but like yeah, like Preston, Raul, uh, and Terrence. Uh, one of my like favorite memories is at all at all the events, whether it was East New York or some type of barbecue or whatever. You could find these three constantly on their computer. Who are the um,
1: prismatic team, by the way, for listeners who, who aren't familiar with those names.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're always constantly on their computer. And, you know, everyone else is like talking and, uh, you know, socializing. And you kind of, you go up to Terrence or Press and you're like, hey, how are you doing? And they give you the time of day. They're, you know, super, super nice, super friendly. And then you walk away and they're back there, like hacking, you know, hacking at the computer. It doesn't matter what the event was. And I think during that time... Uh, That was sort of when uh, some of the, uh, you know, infrastructure was still building um, and they'd have little like bugs and things, things to tweak at that time. Um, But yeah, I, you know, these, these guys were, you know, a hundred, 200%, always, always, you know, heads down, which I think was really fun to watch.
3: Yeah, we were busy. We were busy for the first couple of years up and up until it launched. Um, You know, we were working crazy hours and just as much as we can like skirting on the edge of burnout uh thankfully we were we were all like a good team together and we could communicate say hey i'm not like i need some time like you know we could share that with each other and kind of build each other up in that way but then when e two launched um we kind of had a little bit of breathing room right we said wow it's out there we just make make try to like get these micro improvements get things from making it really nicer faster um but the the crazy sprint was over at least for phase zero um and in all that time i had been thinking about you know building on the application layer specifically with this tcap model but had zero time to do it it wasn't until after phase zero had launched that i actually had a little bit more time to to commit you know i could still do uh most of my time with prismatic and then spend a little bit of time on tcap um and now with you know the the, the spec of E2 is getting uh, uh, ramped up again in the last couple of months and we're starting to build into the next um, pieces of E2. So things are getting a little bit busy again for me and, and for my team, it was a good time to just say, take a break, work on something you don't work on your normal role, learn something new. I learned a, a, a lot of stuff building on the application layer which I think that will help me build And the protocol layer because I really understand some of the pain points of what users are facing
2: i think that's key actually like that's that's really i don't know i think that makes everyone really comfortable knowing that you know you can take the learnings from working on uh, the application layer and you know make sure that the research and movement on eth2 goes forward well
0: well this is just part of the thing was like um i love the fact that you guys worked on uh you know, ETH ETH2 kind of core development, client development. And now you're in the app layer because you're like, you know, eating your own dog food. You get to experience what sort of the the users and the builders I- experience around this. Um and so I, I love it. And you know, I'm hugely optimistic about it. However, at the back of my mind, I'm also a little bit worried because um, Ethereum has classically had sort of almost a a public goods problem in that protocol development is funded by, you know, the EF, which is kind Vitalik of like, YOLOs. you know, yeah, Vitalik YOLOs. And, you know, Preston, you know this because, uh, you know, the way Prism started, Prismatic started. Yeah, we YOLO funded first. That's right. YOLO funded, Gitcoin yeah. grants. When's the next check coming? <laughs> there's not a revenue stream associated with the public good that is the Ethereum protocol. And certainly there's the vestiges of, the original uh, ETH Foundation, who has a treasury fair, and maybe as Will you're pointing out, there are these other DeFi protocols who will contribute into the future that now have some some decent treasuries. So I'm optimistic about that. And yet, um, you know, we we might start to see a bit of a drain, a bit of a talent drain from the um, the protocol layer to the the app layer. Is this something that that worries you, or um, do you think that this is, um, you know? this is good you know like are you worried in general about the public goods funding problem on the ethereum core protocol maybe we'll start with you preston
3: well slightly worried i mean the ethereum foundation has been really great to us continuing grants, sustainability and for growth and those will continue for the foreseeable future Uh, we have no doubt about that and in terms of talent i think that uh, the hardest problems draw the smartest people Whenever we're hiring for Prismatic, we are just flooded with amazing people that we wish we could hire all of them, but there's always this thing in the back of your mind where you're like, it's, it's not sustainable, right? Like the, the EF uh, will fund us to see e 2 to fruition, uh, but after that, what's their obligation to, to keep us going besides the maintenance part so we may have to scale back? So we're always thinking about with Prismatic Labs, like how do we reach that sustainability? Um uh, and so you know it's always there a little bit, but I I I think as far as E 2 is concerned, I'm not worried about, about it at all.
0: What about this? So, like the you said the hardest challenges um attract the the best talent, right? Yep. Um there's also a financial consideration in this. Like if you want to get really Wealthy in this market, and you're a smart contract developer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, de- depending on what you do, the app layer might be the place to do it, or, or heck, like maybe the best thing to do is to go fork, uh, you know, and create your own ETH killer, right? Now with your all of your Prismatic I- experience, is this may- maybe not a worry for you personally? Um, because I, I, it sounds like Preston, you're here for a variety of reasons, right? Uh, including like the world you want to see moving forward. Um, but is this a, a a pressure point on the talent pool available to work on uh, Ethereum client development? Are they just a- attracted to you other financial sources that might exist outside of it? Right, because it's one thing if grants and funding is
1: available, but I don't think any amount of grants will ever be able to compete with uh, tokens. Like tokens are lucrative, uh, and that is the competition that uh, EF, the EF,
3: and other and Gitcoin has. Yeah, absolutely. I mean with 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 Prismatic we can offer uh, some some sa- some nice salary and like benefits and things and working on a missing team solving hard problems, but there is no 100x opportunity with Prismatic we we don't have a token. Uh we're not a core, we're not a core protocol so we can't, you know, issue there's no like pre-mine or anything like that or like e- 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 anything like that so if if you're looking for something like that, I mean, it, it draws different people like, yeah, everyone wants to be compensated for, for what they do. And, and of course we do that, but there are, are there's also like, you wanna maximize your um, inv- time investment because time is finite, right? So you really wanna draw, like earn the maximum you can and, and that may not be working on the, the core protocol, but I can tell you this, that you will not find a bigger impact opportunity than working on the core protocol of Ethereum. So that is more valuable than hundred X to me, or at least in terms of monetary value.
0: Will, what do you think about these questions?
2: Yeah. Um, I agree with Preston, like the, the core, the core value of, uh, you know, contributing to the core protocol layer is, um, you know, it's really rewarding. You're, you're building the foundation for everything else. It's important work. Um, it tends to attract extremely smart people. I'm I'm somewhat uh, optimistic about some of the future funding. Um, I tend to think that, uh, in general, you know, and and Element kind of wants wants to lead in some of this as well. Is a lot of the uh, protocols that are are doing well and um, are having an impact, um, you know, should really really give back and and uh, put put attention towards furthering development on the protocol layer. And so, um, I think you know you'll see a lot of the uh defi products that are coming out um supporting protocol development in general i think you know from element's perspective um we have a pretty diverse team so um of of experience so you know we have a good amount of researchers and so from our perspective you know this this uh sort of this first uh launch that we're doing um you know we see this as introducing a number of primitives that's going to sort of Level up and move the DeFi space forward, um, but then you know we think about like what's what's our next challenge, right? And from our perspective, you know we we always want to be tackling the most interesting and uh, um, I would say uh, fascinating problems. And um, if that means you know we we put some of our effort because um, some of the L2 works need, needs to be taken you know to the next degree, or some some protocol work needs to be taken uh, to to uh, to um, or need some extra um, involvement then you know that's that's like what we'll do and so I I sort of want to see this happen I want to see this kind of like merging between the two worlds Um, in the past we've you know sort of seen this like separation Um, and so I think you know in the future I think we're going to see more of these two worlds merging and working together a lot closely and so I'm I tend to be like pretty positive about that and I'm hoping I'm hoping that's the direction things are going to go in I know you know that's that's what element wants and what what we you know what we'll sort of push for um as well so so
1: with your guys' experience in both the app layer and the protocol layer uh and also just your time in ethereum uh which you know you guys have three plus years in ethereum I, I believe both um which i mean ethereum's only six years old so it's over half of ethereum's lifespan uh what perspectives would you say that you guys have that you wish the broader community had um because so many of uh, Ethereum's community members have, have come in the last like year or, or even less ever since uh, DeFi summer. Um, so with your guys' experience, uh, very long experience throughout Ethereum, what, what, what do you wish was more commonplace as a perspective throughout uh, our community? Uh, Will, let's start with you.
2: Yeah, I would just say, uh, don't forget the devs and the hands that feed you, right? So <laughs> if you're on the application layer, like none of what you are doing is possible without the like strong and hard work that the protocol devs are doing. So, you know, that that should be front and center and on everyone's minds. Preston?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't forget when gas prices are back to a normal level at, because of protocol advance, advancements who, who helped do that. I mean, that's what we're trying to do is make it a, a much better place. Um, but also I want to point out that that this like Ethereum is six years old, but this is still early. I, when when I got in, I thought I thought it was too late. I was like, oh, you know, me too. I missed I didn't get a Crypto Kitty when they were like really nice and you know I, I missed the whole thing. But then in the last three years, I've just seen incredible innovations and you know, DeFi summer and DeFi like really starting to become a thing and NFTs and just constantly. Amazing people coming out of nowhere and building amazing things, and just it's just there's still a lot to come from Ethereum, and we're not even close to a mainstream adoption yet. So if you think you're too late, if you think the you know I don't know because Ethereum's reaching all time highs, it's not a good time to get in. I'd say any time's a good time to get in, even if the price is trading high. So.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Let me underline that point. There's only 500,000 DeFi users or less right now. This is so early. That's the population with like a, you know, mid-sized US city. Uh, that's what we're talking about here. So um, all sorts of ways to get involved here. Uh, make sure you do that. Um, Got to ask a question about ETH2 because I have two ETH2 devs and experts here. Um, so it's been what, like five year, uh, five five years, five months. Uh, it felt like five years, but five months since launch. Um, how are we doing so far, Preston? How are things going? Like, have there been any uh, surprises, any hiccups, or is it like going better than you thought it would go?
3: Yeah, it's it's definitely been a roller coaster of of emotion, really. Like the if you look at the chain, it's not a roller coaster at all. It's exactly how it was supposed to go—a very stable, smooth, and and amazing. Um, you know, we had a few incidents with slashing people getting slashed and as people are learning what not to do this is becoming better and we haven't seen a major slashing event in a long time so this is great i think that the all of the clients are advancing in the right direction they're getting cheaper to run they're faster and they're also getting ahead of what's coming next so they're prototyping quickly and building quickly and it's just like last year And the year before where we're getting ready to launch test nets and getting users in and getting things going so it it's been exactly how i thought it would go if not better because you know some people were worried how they're going to launch at the beginning of december there's no way you know but then it far exceeded our expectations on the genesis event and since then has just continued to be this um you know amazing protocol that's just been cruising along
0: do you remember when we were worried that we wouldn't get enough stake? In the contracts yeah. at launch. <laughs> now look
3: at this. I I am
0: like part part of me was uh, is kind of knock on wood because um, I'm a little bit surprised in a very pleasant way that nothing's blown up yet, right? Like this is this is new territory. So credit to all the the client development that went into this and um, all of the teams that uh, participated in it. But um, yeah, are you surprised nothing's blown up yet, Preston?
3: Uh. No, we like everyone did an amazing job. And there are several people in the shadows that help, you know, find things before they become an issue. Uh, thankfully there's not been any showstopper bugs in E2 because of all the audits, because of all the process, because it took so long, people complain it took so long, but look, it's it's gone exactly how it should have. And that's why we took our time and did it right and just Thank you all client developers, all security researchers, uh, protocol developer, spec designers, everyone who was involved did an amazing job and that's why it's succeeding. So no surprises, it hasn't blown up. It's been just like we thought it would.
0: Okay, so what is now next in, in the path? So we've got to kind of phase zero launch, right? So the next milestone, big milestone in my, in my um, world, besides EIP 15.59 on e- ETH1 is the merge. When does the merge happen? When do we get rid of proof of uh, work, or are there other milestones before that that you're paying attention to? Uh,
3: Will that sounds more like your yeah sorry yeah, stuff.
2: a response yeah yeah. Um, so I I don't know the you know exact timeline because um, you know I was was a lot more involved with this with this portion you know six months ago. Um, but I do know that, um, you know, we've seen um, already uh, the, the merge in a prototype of, for example, and uh, some of the clients, um, you know, Lighthouse uh, did this recently, um, which is which really cool. And so, in general, you know, what's exciting about the merge is, uh, you know, once you have this in place, you now have this data layer. Um, on, on ETH2 where applications, specifically L2 applications as well, um, you know, can also uh, upload, um, you know, some some of the state routes or things they're, that they're working on. And then um, you essentially can have, um, you know, ETH2 um, secure the ETH1 network, and then ETH1 point to um, the blocks um, in the ETH2 network. And so, uh, you know, seeing that come to fruition is, uh, is pretty cool and, uh, you know, TXRX Johnny um, did a lot of uh, that group, and Johnny, you know, my co-founder, did a lot of work on uh, the initial merge, um, and uh, specifically with uh, Mikhail, and uh, and so uh, in general, um, very very excited, and seems uh, seems to be moving in a in a good direction. So.
1: I want to get your guys' opinions on uh, Justin Drake's uh, proposal to uh, for a minimum viable merge, where we could mer- move that merge up basically as soon as possible to what is secure to really um, prioritize the removal of proof of work. Uh, with your guys' understanding as to the current state of the Ethereum protocol, uh, how does that proposal land with you? Uh, Preston, we'll start with you.
3: So I would love to see ETH2 getting put to work. Um, right now it's it's finalizing the beacon chain and doing doing great work there, but to merge things together and to actually having it securing the whole of the network, that's, that's what I wanna see. And I'd love to see it as soon as possible. I don't have any aggressions against miners. I think they do a great job securing the network, um, but I would also love to see E 2 validators, people who have, Invested in ETH2 to to start earning those gas fees rewards and things like that.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's smart. um, Try and get the you know minimum possible to get the get the two uh, merged and working together, and then uh, sort of put some of you know make sure that that's validated, that moves forward, and then begin uh, some of the other deeper pieces like the statelessness um, and uh, EVM changes and transfers and withdrawals. So it seems to be like the the right way to do this you want to sort of start off with that first increment c um and then see the uh the the evolution and then and then begin to build on top of that because that's going to be a huge switch um uh as we as we move uh you know eth1 towards a pos system
0: well guys thank you so much for walking us through your individual projects at the app layer now not just at the ETH2 protocol layer. You're certainly doing some great work. Uh, Thanks so much for the ETH price. It's going up. And I think that's because we are shipping ETH2 and stuff is happening. Um, Question for you guys. If people want to learn more about your projects, where should they go? First, you will on Element.
2: Yeah, so um, I would say if you look at, uh, if you go to our website, element.fi, Um, over there we link to our medium so we're going to be posting a bunch on there but the most i would say the most informative thing uh would be our um our uh construction paper that we just released which goes in like goes in a lot of depth all all of the details yeah and (laughs) all all the details yeah yeah so i would say that's that's a good place to start and then just follow us on twitter join our discord um you know everything like that as as well um, real quick before I pass it off to Preston, I want to give one, like, I want to give a huge call out to the element team. Um, they're all awesome. They all, you know, we, we have a good group that comes from Maker, zero X, ETH2 development. Um, and then even like the traditional space. And then I also, um, Johnny made a bet, a one ETH bet. If, you know, I could figure out how to, uh, braid Preston's hair, Uh, Fortunately, we're not in person because if if we were I think me and Preston would have taken that bet and then we would have laughed because Johnny would be out you know a couple grand oh yeah Uh, yep (laughs) (laughs) but instead alternatively I I decided to write a haiku for Johnny so I'm just gonna I'm gonna you know read the haiku real quick
1: oh let's Uh, do it
0: yeah, right. let's do some haikus. And <laughs> then, where, then tell us where we can buy the haiku as an NFT, Will.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. How about we tweet it and then we tokenize it? It's there a good, you go. Good place to start. Give it to it us. It goes, his galaxy brain, why quit me, can't quit me, best hair in crypto. Uh, and there's a number of inside jokes there. So I had to throw it out there. <laughs> amazing. There it's, it's live amazing. on Bankless. Crypto right, <laughs> culture
0: is tight, by the way. Yeah.
2: <laughs> back, back to you. Uh,
0: where should people go to find out more? And uh, who do you want to thank? Who's going <laughs> to? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, um, Cryptex.finance is the site. Uh, every, you can find everything there our white paper, Medium, Twitter. Uh, the application is there too. I'd say take a look, give it a try, see what you think. Um, join our Discord, ask questions if you like. We've got a a great community that we built together. Um, So even if you just want to share some memes, come on and share some memes with us, we'd be happy to see it. Uh, I'd love to thank everybody on the Cryptex team. Um, Everyone at Prismatic as well, like they've been super awesome supporting E2 in the last, you know, three years. So uh, without those guys, I would not be in this position on Banklist Building on the application layer, I'd just be some some guys working on ads, you know. So uh, really happy to be here, and thanks to everyone that we've met along the way.
1: And, and Preston, we're ready for your haiku, whenever you yes. whenever,
3: whenever you're ready. Bye <laughs> bye. <laughs> um, and I do deliver. Preston
2: <laughs> Preston has better better hair than James Presswitch. So. Oh. Uh, that's ooh, that's a, a takes, controversial statement. Finishing <laughs> off with a
0: spicy take.
2: Yo. We're going to leave that in. We're not going to clip that, will.
3: That's no. going <laughs> to fall me hair forever. Maxwellism. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right guys, well it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for all of the work that you're doing to the Bankless community. We hope you enjoyed this episode learning about these projects. Of course, risks and disclaimers. ETH is risky. DeFi is risky. So is all of crypto. You could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot. And claim your badge.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium Subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless Token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless Community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium Subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the bankless nation.